0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Breanne Showman and I am joined today by Alvin from Motion Movement. Alvin and I had a great conversation about his story because it relates to so many other athletes and ultimately for him, his story is why he coaches like he does today. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in, Alvin. Thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: Hey, Brienne, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm, I'm stoked to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, we talked a little bit uh, several weeks ago. I'm um, just get diving into your story a little bit, and I love your story for the fact of where it brought you into what you're doing now, and that's really what I, what I want to dive in today. Um, so let's first off those, have you introduced yourself? Who are you?
1: So, hi, my name is Elvin. I'm currently the owner and coach at Motion Movement based out of Singapore. So I specialize in mobility, like helping people just move better, feel better, and generally just be aware of what they can do with their body. So um, there's a bit of background about me. I started off not in the fitness industry. In fact, I worked in corporate <laughs> for about eight years. So I spent eight years at the desk and you can imagine with it came all the problems of shoulder pain, back pain, spine pain and stuff like that. But that isn't actually how I got started into mobility. It only came after I started to work out. You know? So I had all these issues. I started working out. And as I got more into it, you know, into working out and started doing more stuff, that's when all these these um, underlying issues came to the surface. And I guess before I go on a long tangent, just going to say that me trying to problem solve the issues for myself led me onto this path and basically created what is my style of coaching in this present day, yeah.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, so let's, I think let's start as far as like, you mentioned you started like all these underlying issues started popping up. What sorts of things were you dealing with as you started training and started dealing with all these
1: issues? Okay. So maybe a bit of context here. So what got me back to fitness was CrossFit. So high intensity. Yeah. Because you don't know what CrossFit is. It's just a lot of high intensity interval training. So I I came from a like totally unprepared body. So, uh, this was me coming back from, so a bit more of a backstory. I think we make a bit more sense. I was a competitive athlete back in uh, university. And I started work. I stopped working out, by continue to eat the same amount that I did. So I, I, I gained weight. Like it was, it wasn't pretty. I gained weight, and I found CrossFit as a way for me to actually lose weight, and get back in shape. And with the whole, and, you know, you get you see a bit of results, you get excited, you dive deeper into it, and Like uh, uh, working out twice a week becomes three times, becomes four times, becomes every day, becomes multiple times a day because you know it's fun. And I love the community aspect of it. And I think that's where the issues started to happen. Like I, and it wasn't just from CrossFit, it was just, I think from doing too much too soon. So I had like shoulder injuries. I had to persistently sore lower back. My hips started to get really feel like really weak. Um, after I increased my squat volume and it just led me down the path of thinking like, hey, I'm, I'm working out to get healthy, to get stronger, to feel better but why do I feel worse? You know, and, and of course, you know, being a, bit, a little bit of an alpha, a little bit of a stubborn person, that went, on, that went on for months. It went on for months and it, it actually took it she took an injury for me to kind of just like like see the light. So it got to the point where what triggered it was actually like a shoulder forearm injury. It got to the point where I couldn't grip anything. You know, and I mean to the point where even lifting up a cup of coffee would hurt. You know, I had to drink my coffee with two hands because my forearm would hurt. And, and because my shoulder, and I had to actually lean back and tilt the coffee into my mouth because I couldn't lift my arm, my shoulder above, my, above my, my head. And just imagine like how awkward I looked. And here's the really dumb thing. It took me a week before I realized that I could just use a straw. And in the week I... <laughs> Yeah, I know, pretty dumb, right? I just spilled coffee on myself many times in my office. Yeah, so it did kind of just got me thinking, like, hey, I'm doing all this stuff to get healthy and fitter, And I know I want to be functional. But why am I in so much pain? And why is everything why does everything seem to be regressing? You know, granted that yeah, I I could crush wards, I could do, I I could do a lot more things that I couldn't do before, but my overall like well-being just didn't seem it just didn't feel right. You know, and it took a while because I think back. This was about five, six years ago. I don't think there was a quite a, a big emphasis on mobility on length and longevity as there is now. So there's a lot of a lot of trial and error, even in locally or even online. You know, finding someone that understood like what these injuries were, you know, and understanding what we could do to kind of not just improve it or recover, but I do actually get to a point where these in, these um, issues don't bother the person or me anymore. You know, and I think it's a path for self-exploration and that got me exp- um, finding the stuff that I do now. And I'm going to give credit where it's due. I, I gained a lot of my information from two systems. The first one was uh, Gymnastic Bodies, GB. And the second one was um, functional range conditioning, FRC. So my experience with these two systems basically led me to understand that, hey, you don't have to be in pain. There's stuff you can do to improve and you can actually get back to the stuff that you enjoy doing. You no, know, it doesn't mean that, you, oh, it hurts. I have to give it up because if, if squatting hurts my hips. Hence, I should stop squatting because squatting is bad for my hips. You know, I think that's a really simplistic um, conclusion that most people come to. And yeah, I'm just glad that I managed to find my way out of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You obviously have come to this like functional movement, correcting movement route. From injury, like once you were injured, did you find that immediately? Or did you go through other like methods that didn't work for you first? What was that process like?
1: Yeah, um, you know, for those for those people that have been following me and listen to me uh, nag online, <laughs> the one, <laughs> I'm super naggy, if you haven't realized by <laughs> <that> now. <laughs> yeah, one thing that, yeah, I, I always talk a lot about, um, I cause call them distractions, you know, like foam rolling, massage, and I think in the past couple of years, the massage gun has become really popular. And oftentimes, people misunderstand me and they think that I hate these stuff because it doesn't work. But the truth is that I've been through that. You know, I've been the foam rolling guy. You know, I've been the massage guy. I've been the um, not massage guy. And I kind of moved away from that. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want to spend like, like hundreds of dollars on the equipment like that. But I've been through all that stuff, you know, there's a period of time I would foam roll. I would come in early to, to the gym, foam roll for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, on all my um, affected body parts, you know, hamstrings, calves, IT band, just to prep myself for the workout. And, you know, I wish I could say that it worked and I felt better and I didn't have to do it. But the truth was is that it it felt more like like me applying a band aid, you know, and it took a while. I understand that like this may be a hard, it was hard. It was hard for me to actually get past this point because you have so many people telling that Hey, this is what you should do. It's helped me. I feel better now. You know, as you go through the process, these doubts come in. It's like, Hey, I'm doing it. I'm spending the time. I'm putting the effort, you know, to to do my recovery work, to do my phone work. But I wasn't getting better. No, I would feel okay for an hour enough for me to get through a workout. And right after, just like after I took a shower, it just goes back to whatever, whatever it was before. And it was, you know, me being me being stubborn, it took months. You know, it took months of trying to say that, hey, maybe this just isn't working for me. You know, maybe I'm that special snowflake that. Um, Foam rolling doesn't apply to you. So for the sake of my body, I have just got to let go and find something else, you know? Um, and yeah, and that's that's what happened. So foam rolling was the biggest one. I I spent money doing courses on foam rolling, doing trigger point release, you know, where they do to draw all the crosses on your body and then you ram the object your, into the affected area till you feel pain, you know, and you rub around it. Yeah, so done all that stuff. And one what actually got me started on that foam rolling path was a coach from my old CrossFit box. I'm not gonna name the box or who who he is, but it started off with shoulder injury doing of all things, keeping pull-ups. I know a lot of people are gonna have opinions on that. But yeah. So some discomfort in front of the shoulder and the immediate action to that was, hey, you know, let's massage that. So, what he did was he took, you no, know, first, wait, okay, what he did first was he called two other people over. So, hey, could you just, and he told me, okay, Elvin, you lie down. Okay, two of you, hold Elvin down. <laughs> you no. Know? So, that should, that should be the red flag. You know, but me being Nothing starts all, good but, like that. <laughs> yeah. <you're> like, <laughs> or nothing ends well with that start. Yeah. You know, what good could come off that start? Yeah. But yeah, me being <laughs> trusting, say, okay, sure. Hold me down, guys. I'm all ready for well, whatever. Whatever it is you want to do to me. So, you know, um, you have the, the weight collars, the metal ones, but you the weight clamps here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She took one of those metal pieces and then proceeded to jam it right into my shoulder and just went on at it for about five minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then I realized why I needed to be held down because I was in pain. I was screaming. I was shouting. I was squirming, you know, and... So, five minutes went by. I came out of it. Um, I was bruised, right? There was bruising, there was swelling came in, you know. And I said, Yeah, it's normal. You're going to, it's going to hurt at the start, but you're going to feel better after the lies. I didn't feel better. I just felt, I was just in pain, you know. And so that got me started on, Hey, maybe I should find out more about foam rolling and massage because maybe I'm just not, it's not being done right where I was. So maybe I'm just not getting it. You know, and then that led me to powerful, hey, maybe foam rolling isn't working for me. Let me, I gotta explore some other other thing. Yeah. So that was a pretty long schedule. I'm just going further back. But yeah, so that's that's the story, not so fun and definitely painful memory of how I got started on and why I, I actually tell my clients not to like to explore the stuff because I don't want them to go through this same experience. And I, I guess it happens everywhere because I just heard the same story from another person. You know, friend of mine saw in the gym, person got held down and it wasn't it wasn't an object but person got held down and had a, oh, it was an object, had a barbell rolled on their phone for like five minutes, you know, the usual screaming, pain, um, crying, swearing, for five minutes, and with the promises of "oh, you'll be fine," this is normal, this is how it's done. Everybody, everybody feels better after. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I can't say I've been held down by anyone, but the rest of your path very much parallels mine because I was that person too. That like did the foam rolling, did the like dry needling every four weeks, did the barbell to like the triceps and the quads and the calf and and all that stuff. And yeah, then she was just like, um, this is like, this shouldn't be like how we have to function.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious so for you, good. what was other than being held down and deciding that was, probably not <laughs> right? What, <laughs> or maybe that was the trigger. What was it that eventually led you to like, all right, just because everyone else around me is doing all this stuff regularly to be able to train there has to be a better way. Like what was your trigger? What got you to switch that mindset to look for something different?
1: Yeah, it wasn't really like, like it wasn't a big event. It was an accumulation of all these pains and like um, inconveniences to my daily life that actually, that sort of pushed me closer towards that point of realization. You know, such like the difficulty drinking my coffee you know, without a straw, I basically screwed Uh, the difficulty of like even putting on my clothes. Like my shoulder was stuck. It couldn't, I had like, had like zero degrees of flexion or shoulder flexion. And it was just about really trying to problem solve myself. At the start, it wasn't about helping people. Like I didn't have the time to bother about helping other people. Like I was in pain. If I couldn't and I don't like to use the word fix but if I couldn't fix or solve my own issues like I ha- I really had no right to be advising people on other stuff you know and I couldn't in good conscience tell people hey go foam roll you know or go buy that expensive um, ball- massage ball that's basically a lacrosse ball in disguise you know or that hard roll- foam roller which is just like a cheap piece of plastic and I couldn't in good conscience tell them to do that stuff because while it did give me some temporary relief, it didn't help in the long term. So I think um, there was another, another story that kind of set me off um, as I tried to problem solve is I always had an issue where I couldn't reach behind my back. Well, I have one arm that has limited internal rotation, so it kind of gets stuck. You know, sometimes that, you know, you have an itch in your back and you want to scratch, You just can't reach it. Yeah, so that was my right arm. And I attended this, this course, but it was a free course where we, where the place I was at invited this really popular um, yoga teacher over, you know, who's like known for like helping people feel better, you know, doing like myofascial release and stuff like that. And so, when went, went through the course, like introduction, like two hours of stuff. And then of it, like, I sort of just um, went up to her and asked, hey, hey, I have this thing with my shoulder. I'm not too sure, like, what's up? Do you think there's anything I could do about it? And without even like looking at the shoulder or even like asking questions, she just went, you know, that's the way it is. It's your structure, you're limited, you're done. Right, don't try to force it. Nothing, nothing, no good is gonna come out of it, you know? So that was the trigger for me to start to problem solve and to start to do research. Because if I couldn't find someone where I could trust to help me, and now the responsibility to Help myself now felt it's not on me. So I started, hey, you know, I tried, I reached out to people whom they said were good, I'm not too happy with the answers. So I'm going to do my own research. I'm, trying to, I'm going to try to figure out like what's good for me. And, you know, me being stubborn, just I just wouldn't give up. So I just say, okay, I'll try. It doesn't work, I'll move on. I refuse to believe that, um, that my body that used to be okay, know for my daily life now which has now been injured or gotten worse after workouts I refuse to believe that that I couldn't return to the state that I was previously yeah Yeah. so
0: (laughs) absolutely very cool we know or you mentioned a lot of this was mobility how you're moving that sort of thing so I kind of want to switch and go more like education standpoint here um like why and have a discussion of why do faulty movements cause issues or maybe we should first like kind of just like go into what faulty movement even means because a lot of people might not even know that so like what do you when you're talking about someone's movement patterns what do you consider like faulty movements
1: yeah so to be honest now i'm really of the opinion that like I, I find this is a hard question to answer because to me, it always like the, the, the answer to everything is that it depends because the context to the situation is so important, you know. And, and this is also why I tend to avoid giving anyone general advice. Because I have people come to me and say, hey, Alvin, you do this, mobility stuff. Uh, my shoulder hurts, what could I do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I've never met you. I mean, I've, I've got met you, but like, I haven't really looked at your shoulder. I don't really know what you move. I don't know the history of your shoulder. And it would be highly irresponsible of me to give you any sort of advice, to give you that hope that, hey, do this stretch for five minutes a day and it's gonna solve all your problems and maybe at the same time solve world hunger, you know? (laughs) So so that's it. When it comes to what we, what I call like faulty movement patterns, for me, that's really one rule. Like, are you moving in pain? are you inconvenienced? Because if you're going through your life and everything's fine and dandy, I don't really, like to me, it doesn't really matter if, you know, your hip shifts like five degrees outwards as you take, as you stride, you know, or if your knee turns out 2.3 degrees and when you run, because if your body's conditioned to handle those positions and you're not in pain and you're functioning well, then I think that's fine. Like, do you need to do more mobility stuff? Mm. Would it, you know, would it help you to do more mobility stuff? Possibly. Do you need to do them? Like, is it a priority? Probably not. But if let's say, you know, you know like, I like me in mean the past, right? I love working out. I love high intensity stuff. I love Olympic lifting, um, handstands. And now my shoulders are busted. My hips are, my hips are gone. And yeah, probably right now, the stuff that instead of looking at the movement that's the cause, and now, like people to consider, hey, maybe it's the it's just the structure's cause, right? Movements put our bodies into certain positions, right? They are prerequisites for these positions. If our bodies can't handle the requisites, the prerequisites of these positions, right, where load exceeds the capability of the joints, and then that's where issues come on. And it's a hard question to answer. So like, is it a shoulder? Is it a wrist? Because all the movements are multi-joint, right? even the squat, even as you walk. And I'm going to just digress a bit. I do have an issue with uh, the state of coaching or the fitness industry. Because I'm at least in, in Singapore, it's become really commonplace for people to I just call them coaches with x-ray eyes. You, know, you come to them with problem, say, hey, I walk and my, um, I feel funny, like what's wrong? They look at you and say, oh, it is your piriformis. You have to do this stretch. You have to do this trigger to release the piriformis and you'll be fine. You know, or be like, oh, your hips hurt when you're running. IT band, you got to roll the IT band. You know, the IT band's the villain, it's the culprit, it's holding you back. And, um, and that really gets to me because I think that as clients, I mean, I was a client once, we deserve better, right? We deserve, um, if you're paying money for it, you know, if this was free advice, sure, you know, take it, leave it, it's free. But if you're paying money for advice, I think it, we should demand more, right? We can't just now, um, <sighs> we can't just have people not put in the work to assess access the problems, to think critically on your behalf to figure out like what could work for you, what couldn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know I've, I've gone completely off tangent here, but I hope I hope this, messages, this message reaches coaches out there because I don't think people do it because they are mean or they mean to or they are trying to deceive. But I think it comes from a place where we just, just don't know. They don't know that we could do better, or that we could educate ourselves and that there are better ways to help clients improve their mobility and to move and feel better about pain, which doesn't involve randomly swinging a stick above the head at a time or flopping around the floor, doing movement flows. I think there has to be uh, a push towards problem solving, you know, of being aware of like, and being aware okay, this is a problem, here are the possible solutions and then to having a method or system to go through these different um, issues, to kind of zoom in to figure out what could or couldn't help. And if that happens, I think that would now help people understand what faulty movements are. Because another issue I have is when we talk about faulty movements or even the label itself faulty or problems, it starts to create this fear in people. You know, that, Hey, you can't move this way because it's bad for you. If you continue doing so, you're gonna get injured. You know, and then people start to get fearful, say, Oh, I, I shouldn't walk this way. My my coach tells me that this way is dangerous. Um, I can't I can't move my knees past my toes, not my knees might explode, and you know, I can't walk forever. You know, uh, when, I, when I when I deadlift, my, my lower back um, uh, has to be in this specific shape, you know, and I've First of all, like the fear kind of stops people from like it limits people. You know, I have had I have had clients come to me to say that, um, I can't, I can't I can't squat, you know, like my knees can't go past my toes. It will hurt. And then you get them to lie down, and you and you move their knees, it just goes into full flexion. You know, the ankles work fine, everything is fine. It's just that mental block that stops them from even trying. Mm-hmm. And that really makes well, two things, it makes my job really hard because I just spent a lot of time convincing them that, hey, it's okay, you're not going to die. And the second thing is that it irks me because they now have given up a good part of their life and stuff they like because of this irresponsible statement from one person. You know, I can't comment on, okay, I'll take that. I can't comment that it was irresponsible because it could have made sense then. You know, but for sure that people that have given up stuff they love, like runners, um, trail runners they stop running because their knees hurt. You know, I had a client who used to hike, went to hike, used to walk every day. You know, used to go to the nature park for walks in the morning, but stopped because her knees hurt, her ankles hurt, and the doctors told her, "Oh, uh, you should stop walking so much; it's bad for you." And I mean, what quality of life is there if we can't even do the things that we like? You know, and we have to now restrict ourselves because if we do more of it, it's going to be bad for us. I like to think of. If there's something we want to do, let's train our body to the point where we can do the stuff, not just comfortably but well. You know, because I think that's where the fun the fun is. And yeah, I mean, what is life if it's not if it's not fun? Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to talk about power insoles. First off, the name insoles is in it, but it is not what you think. These are not insoles to support and control the foot. These are an amazing product to help with healing, help with performance, help with recovery. I've been testing them out and I absolutely love what they do. They help my legs recover faster after workouts. If I'm feeling any sort of ache and pain, I can put it directly on that area and it helps calm that down fast And ultimately from looking at all the research, like it's phenomenal what these can do. They can improve your HRV. They can decrease your lactic acid buildup, which we know as athletes, the more lactic acid we have, the slower we recover and the more sore we are. There's also research that shows it helps improve concentration and focus and that your legs are less tired at the end of the day if you've been standing all day. So ultimately these things are amazing. I absolutely love them and I think you will love them too. You can learn all about them at getyourfixpt.com slash or find their link on the partner's page at my website, getyourfixpt.com. And now back to the show. You know, it's so unfortunate because so many, like, like, I don't know how many times I've heard people say like their doctor told them not to squat or not to run anymore or not to do the, all these things and I'm like, okay, so we're not supposed to squat. Well, how do you plan on sitting down on the toilet and standing back up? Like, exactly. you know, or like, how do you want to pick your baby up off the floor if you're not allowed to deadlift or, you know? And so it's like, these are functional movements that we need to be able to do to function in our daily lives. And so to tell someone like, you can't do that movement is absurd.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a funny story I have about, um, you know, now with the the amount of um, coaches we have on the internet, you know, Instagram, social media, and we have a lot of well-meaning fitness enthusiasts that that dispense advice freely online. So I had this story as to why it's never, it may not be a good idea to always believe what you hear online. And I don't know, okay, I think you should know of the sitcom Friends. Yes. Yep. Do you remember this episode where um, I believe it was Chandler had a jellyfish sting? Yes. Yes. So you kind of guess what happened after, right? Yes. So they said, hey, you know, he helps jellyfish things, You should be on it. It will help you. So true story, that is what happened to me. Okay, I was out. I was out. Yeah, I was out in. Uh, I was out wakeboarding, got a jellyfish sting, and then my friend said, "Hey, do you remember that episode of Friends where they said that pee would help?" I was like, "Yep, I do remember that." Um, I'm in pain. I'm desperate. Let's do it. So it happened in the middle, in the middle of the of the river. Um, yep, yeah, got peed on my arm. It was on my arm, by the way. I got peed on my arm just In case people get start getting real ideas, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and turns out yeah, that's a horrible idea, right? Because the having pee on a jellyfish thing could actually make the pain worse. The moment it happened, I thought I was gonna die like my whole body seized up, I couldn't feel my legs, rushed myself. My friends rushed me to the hospital, was on morphine for the half a day, and I felt awesome after that. just like a short story of why it's never good to believe anything you read online especially it's from a sitcom
0: oh Um, my god
1: yeah and i think that yeah and probably it's also important to kind of like figure out the source where you're getting getting the information from just there are a lot of well-meaning people that don't say things for profit like they're not they're not in the fitness industry but they want to help And sometimes they they share their own experiences like, hey, I've done this, like rolling, I've done rolling, it's helped me. Maybe you could try it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the the best advice for you specifically or that it could be um, the advice that's tailored towards your specific problem.
0: And Mm -hmm. you just nailed it right there is like one of the reasons that I always talk about like just Googling like what to do for this problem doesn't work because like, what works for one person because their cause of their issue is different than the cause of your issue is it's going to be different. So yes, foam rolling might actually help someone using the lacrosse ball may help someone, but it doesn't mean it's going to help you because that might not be the issue that's causing your problem.
1: Yeah. And we do have like, I have a lot of people coming to me and well, I think it's because of the crowd that work. So we work with. So we're working for a lot of um, people from the yoga world, a lot of people that are really, really flexible, like an insane amount of flexibility that I don't think I'll ever be able to achieve in my entire life. But they come to us with with comments like, "Hey, I'm always, I always feel tight, you know, in the hips. What stretches do I do for my hips?" And these are people with full splits in all directions, you know. Like, what are you talking about? You're not flexible, you know. So that's, that's the thing that I guess another misconception that people tend to relate the feeling of tightness. Mm-hmm. With the feet, if you uh, feel, if a rather people tend to associate stretching as the solution to tightness. Yeah. Whereas they have to, now, and now we know better that tightness doesn't necessarily relate to a shortness of the muscle. Like it's just a signal that your body's telling you you know, it could be weakness. It could be tightness somewhere else. You know, and I think that has been that has been the game changer for most of these people. Return, hey, you no, know, maybe it's not that you're weak and you stretch. I mean, come on, you got you got the full splits, splits and oversplits. You know, how much further do you want to go? Maybe it's something else you got to do. Like, and oh, back to the, the other point we had. The re- only reason why they got so far in their flexibility, it was because they trusted their coach and they continued to stretch whatever was already stretched out. As a result, they just got more and more and more range without actually helping the problem. Mm-hmm. So we had these really flexible people who are actually in pain and actually can't do like, can't do a lot of things you want to do. Like even, um, yeah, like even especially running anything to do with strength, it just gets, not the point of pain, but it's just, it's just scary. Because now you have all this range with absolutely no control, so the moment you kind of enter into that that point, like hey, it kind of feels scary, and then you just have to pull back. Because I mean, you can't you can't move where you don't have control over. And again, I just kind of paraphrase one of the quotes from um, the founder of FRC, Doctor Andrew Spinier. He says that you know you can't move where you can't move. And I think that's really true for everything you do, and if we kind of apply that to like the faulty movement patterns to we talk about, like that's the reason why your, your hip hurts when you squat this way. No, you know, there's a reason why your shoulders kind of hurt or feel kind of funky every time you try to do a snatch or you try to do a handstand. Likely, you don't have the range that's required for that movement and your body's just compensating into it. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like compensation is not a bad thing but if you do choose to decide to do more of that, you know, like you want to snatch more weight, you want to do more advanced handstand stuff, then it only kind of makes sense that you should gotta kind of put in the work to get that joint working well for the activity that you want to do.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you put it really nicely there because, yeah, if you're just like kneeling down a couple times a day to pick something from a lower cabinet and then stand back up, do you need that much mobility and that control? Probably not, but yeah, if you want to do CrossFit or any other activity that requires a lot of lifting and load, you need to teach your body to, one, move that, that way better, and two, like you said, be able to control that movement.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think the I think the biggest takeaway, actually for me, the biggest takeaway, like the one thing that flipped a switch in my mind is also going through this whole, my own mobility journey was that there aren't any quick fixes, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah, like we're so conditioned to, oh, this hurts, do a stretch, you'll be fine. Or this hurts, foam roll, you'll be fine. And well, that may be part of the process. maybe may be part of the recovery process. Like we didn't, your body didn't get to that state in five minutes. So it's kind of unreasonable to expect it to get back to an okay state in five minutes. You you probably got to that position from years of being in a different position, a different posture. Maybe years of not moving your arm overhead, let alone um, support the amount of weight that you want to in the snatch. So it it makes sense that we need that time to not just improve the range, but also to train up the strength, to increase the overall capability of that joint to now handle a lot of whatever it is that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, so, um, oh, go ahead. I don't know because like I had I myself I rejected a lot of of this approach. You know, I had friends who tell me, "Hey, you know, you want to do this, you got to get strong." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, it can't be a strength thing. I'm I'm strong. You know, maybe it's just a tweak. I need to do like what's what's the next the fastest thing I could do. You know, do I have to foam roll five minutes? Do I do I have to like do a certain stretch? You no know? way, help me like. It just, it took a while. It took a while for me to accept the fact that, you know, the body takes time to adapt. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change immediately. And in addition to that, it does take sufficient intensity and load for it to, for the change to happen.
0: Yeah. 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 So and that time is such an important thing because, um, Like I'll have conversations with people who are like, my mobility is not improving much or like, I'm still having this issue, but then it's that conversation of, okay, like how many days a week do you work on like your endurance and your strength and all of this stuff in your class? How many times a week and how long are you working on like actually improving your range and your control in those ranges? Like if you work on one, but don't work on the other, you're not going to see those improvements. Yeah. I mean, I know that stuff's not the fun to work on, but...
1: Yeah. You know, it's not fun. Like, you know, even though I teach, I, I teach it and I'm passionate about mobility and helping people move better, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's boring. <laughs> I, it's boring. Like, yeah. is holding a two-minute stretch fun for anyone? I don't think so. It could be, it's meaningful. Like, I find meaning in it. You know, I know that I need to do this so that I can now support, my body can support the demands of the stuff I want to do. like, I spend time working my shoulders not because I love having great shoulder flexion, but rather because I love handstands. And in order for me to continue to practice handstands, to ensure that I'm able to distribute load evenly across my upper body, I need that shoulder flexion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not fun. Like, I, I dread it. I'm human too. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that hey, I teach mobility. So I'm like, oh yeah, no let's do it. It's so awesome. It's fun. No, it's boring. It's really boring stuff. But sometimes it's that boring stuff that enables us to do the fun stuff.
0: Absolutely. And it's that stuff yeah. that you can do, most of it you can do at home, like in front of your TV if you want to be like with your family at night or just kind of relaxing. Like a lot of times I'll just spend like I'll be watching a game and working on mobility on the floor. So it's stuff that you can always, you know, even though it's boring, you can at least do it during other more fun
1: things. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, and I think this is the truth. Like if your joints are in a pretty bad state or this, you know, like if you're in pain, it doesn't take that much for change. Like you don't need a really high amount of stimulus. So even like that, that gentle stretch that you do or watching television or Netflix, like that's going to help. You know, like something's, and I, I really believe in this, like something is better than nothing. If all you have, if all you're willing to put in is five minutes, that five minutes of something is better than skipping it entirely.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, sometimes we just get so caught up in that. Oh, it has to be perfect. I need to dedicate an hour to my mobility routine or it's hard, otherwise it's not working. But that's really the furthest from the truth that it could be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, Sundays, a lot of times I'll just spend some good time on mobility, but otherwise, yeah, it's like five, maybe 10 minutes a day. And that's about it, like for what I do. <laughs> so it's like you can, yeah. as long as you're, it's more about the consistency and doing it regularly than how long you're spending on it.
1: Yeah. It, I think it's more about just go do, what you need to do yeah you know if you if you yeah like was again like coming back to like the need on the need to basis i guess you know like yeah okay, I'll, I'll say one thing um i i'm on instagram a lot i scroll a lot of stuff so i see a lot of things and every day the stuff i see it just adds on to my list of triggers and one right. of my the latest things that I see is now like, oh, here your, uh, lower back pain. Here's the top nine stretches to do for lower back pain. Of which eight of them are like hips, like shoulder stretches, hip stretches, which, which could help, which could help, you know. But um, I personally don't like to do things like that because I've tried those the stuff. I've been that guy that been on oh, top nine stretches, let's do them. You know, and you do nice stretches and like, hey, it doesn't really help. So what's next? You know, and, and they get kind of lost. So I personally don't do it. I could see how it could help some people. If that stretch happens to hit the area that you need, mm-hmm. if it so happens to be what your body needs at all time, it could help. But um, I have just gone with one circle and I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think what I was trying to say was that yeah, with Instagram right now and the stuff I see, it's really important to be aware of what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And like the main thing that we that I teach to my clients, it's not really about do this exercise well or um like what it is that you need for exercise but the first thing that i get all everyone to achieve and i want them to start to work on is the awareness of their own body. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not aware of how your spine is moving, if you're not aware of how your arms are moving, you know, it becomes really hard to do anything well or yeah. to even be aware of um, issues. You know. So yeah, that and I guess the one of the biggest things that really surprised me was how many people or how don't really understand the difference between like the spine, the pelvis, and the hip, or with the spine and the shoulders. Like you tell them to, oh, move to like, oh, move your spine, and you find that like the whole hip starts to shift around. And I think it's really interesting because there hasn't been a lot at least of what I come across, a lot of um, discussion on the awareness or the internal movement. And it's always been a lot of um, talk about, oh, this exercise is great. How do you do this exercise well? Mm -hmm. But if you're not aware of your body, it becomes really hard to do anything well unless you have like a coach or or someone spotting you or giving you advice on what to do giving you instant feedback. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point to, to make is that movement awareness and just really understanding where your body is and how your body's moving. Cause it, so many people do have difficulty, just isolating movements. Like you want them to like retract their shoulder blade and their entire arm goes back, you know, or, yeah. you know, just these simple things that's like, we should, most of our body, we should be able to isolate movements of things and We've just lost so many people. have just lost the ability to to do that and recognize it.
1: Yeah, totally. And, I, yeah, and I, I I talk about this because people, I think people don't realize that awareness can be trained. Mm-hmm. Like you can get that awareness back. It doesn't mean that if you, but like people tend to think of uh, training as they don't think of the physical aspect of it, you know, like, oh, make my muscles bigger. I want a six pack. I want to achieve certain skills, but they don't kind of understand or people understand that you can apply the principles of practice or progressive overload to to exercises. But you can actually do the same to your awareness as well. Mm -hmm. Like just being, just giving attention to how your shoulder moves when you're doing Let's say a shoulder press or we're doing a push-up. You know, not even so, like a level one would be not even changing anything, just giving attention to that joint. So be aware of how that joint is moving as you go through your movement. Right? Because if you're not even aware of how it's moving, how are you able to make the corrections? You know. So then the second level, we now you're aware of it. Now let's try to make the corrections to move it into the positions, the better positions for for your movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So we find that once that once you get that, it makes it makes movements much easier. It, like it makes my job a lot easier. So with <laughs> yeah, so like, and I think that's the whole purpose of coaching, and what I really hope to achieve with coaching is not so much to you know to have you. Pay me continuously for the rest of your life to stand there by your side, you know, to count your repetitions for you, you know, to to move you into positions. It's really about me, like trying to educate you to understand how your body moves, to understand what you need for the movement, to understand how you should move for the movement, to the point where you could now do it all on your own that you don't need me to be there anymore. Because that to me is true improvement if you're always stuck to a coach doing the same thing over and over again for like 10 years, so I think things up. And I wish this was not a true story, but it is. I met a lady who came in with um, like shoulder issues. So she couldn't raise She had like zero shoulder flexion. She was like me um, with my coffee, my coffee days, you know, I spit my coffee in my shirt. She didn't lift her arm above the head. And while chatting with her, I realized that she had been doing privates with another coach for 10 years. 10 years. And I'm like, wait, so 10 years. Um, so have you been doing stuff for shoulders like, yeah, it's been doing certain things. It's gotten better, but I can't really lift it up, you know. And what really hit me hard was when she said, um, I've she said something to, and I'm paraphrasing here, around the lines of, I've accepted my shoulder as it is, and this is it. Yeah. Oh my god. And then really got to me. Yeah, it got to me because like this lady, like she was, I think, I think she was about fifty. So I mean, not young, but not old year. And to now give up on having any sort of shoulder flexion for the rest of your life. I mean, how is that a way to live?
0: Holy cow.
1: And not to mention, like what the heck is a coach doing?
0: <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. I mean like I, I try i try my best not to comment on other coaches training because i don't know the context maybe her shoulder was a hundred times worse you know and it's getting better but still 10 years 10 years of um, training with a coach and to have limited flexion. I, I don't know i i just hope that now she's gotten better i didn't see you again after that but i hope she's gotten better and if not i hope and i hope if someone else is listening to this and you have the same or similar issue know that change can happen sometimes you just have to find the right person yeah if we are out there look for us we are out there the two of us right here on this podcast look <laughs> Right. <exactly. laughs>
0: absolutely and it's one of those things like you know for me personally like was I always this person? No, but I'm to the point now. I'm like, if I'm not getting someone better, I'm going to find someone else who can. Like, I like my goal is to get someone to improve, and if it's not me that can get them there, like, let's find someone who can. Because, yeah, just dealing with an injury and an issue forever is no way to live.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's so important for for the fitness industry, especially for myself as a coach. Like, I, I guess with the with this increase in mobility, uh, flexibility stuff, you know, like any anyone can do like a, a course and gain some knowledge. I think that has sort of empowered people to now try to give advice. And I'm trying to pick my words carefully because I don't really want to offend, but. I can't think of a good phrase. So basically what I'm going to say is I feel that most people, even though you've done like a certification or a weekend course should honestly know enough to stay in the lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think I should mince my words here because like I'm a coach. My job is to get you physically stronger. My job is not to get you to rehab that injured shoulder. Now, if you got a frozen shoulder, that's way of my league, man. Like that's stuff that I'm not trained. I don't know enough to help you, right? So that's why I think it's really important for, for fitness professionals to have a strong network of people so you can refer out. Like you said, like the goal is to help people get better with something that I can't do or I know it's not in my lane. You know, I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to help. What I can do is I'm going to help you find someone that's great at it. And I'm going to send you to them. Because you know, I'm not, my goal is not to, to claim the credit for helping you. That's not my interest, right? My goal is to help you get better. And sometimes that means that, that means being honest and telling you that, hey, I have no idea what's up with you. I have no idea how to fix that. I'm not experienced, but I'm going to find you someone who is. We're going to get you better. Come back to me when that is sorted out and we get you even stronger from, what you, from the point where you got injured. Yeah, that's
0: yeah.
1: beautiful. Awesome.
0: Well, to close it out, Alvin, if someone wants to follow you, reach out to you, ask you questions, where can they find you?
1: All right. So you can find me on Instagram, super active there. Um, you can look for me at al.yuen, You can also find stuff that I do at my studio, Motion Movement. So it's M-U-S-H-I-N-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T. So if you like the stuff I talk about, if you want to hear me rant on and nag on about stuff like that, you'll find the, you'll find the videos and posts on Instagram. Yeah, as you can tell, I've, I've basically, I do like to talk and I think I've dominated the whole of the podcast. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> I, I take up most of the reason. time. <laughs> <laughs> I love to talk. I love to nag.
0: <laughs> All good. Yeah. Well, Alvin, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I had fun. Awesome.
0: I really hope you enjoyed this week's conversation on highly functional. Before I go, I want to talk to you about my rope climb training program. In order to climb a rope efficiently and effectively, you need both strength and proper technique. If you have one without the other, it's going to be a lot more difficult to climb. You're going to use a lot more energy and you have more chance of failing. So if you want to be more efficient with your rope climbs in order to have more chance of success at your next race, pick up my rope climb training program. You can check it out at getyourfixpt.com courses, along with all my other online programs. Thanks again for tuning in today, and now it's time to go out and be highly functional.